Captain. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. I don't want any baloney, magic tricks, or psychological mumbo jumbo. Errors in time and space. Nerds, broadcasting to you from a location outside of time and space, this is Liminal Unlimited. I'm Kyle Thatcher. I'm Jenny Thatcher. And welcome back, Jenny. I'm back, B-Words! You can say bitches. That's not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Then why say (laughs) B-Words? You don't know what B-Word I was thinking of. Babes? Boy toys? Bumba Klutz. <laughs> no, that was not one. So uh, we were. My my apologies. I, I put a I put a Facebook post out and I put a, a Twitter a tweet a, t- a twat out. <laughs> um, we we had to postpone the the Skinwalker Ranch episode. I know I hyped it. I hyped it all up. I hyped it through the roof. Uh, on the previous episode, the the uh, Bigfoot uh, story with my father, and uh, but due to a scheduling conflict, um, we were unable to do it this week. We were unable to record with uh, PJ and Shanna. The uh, Shanna being the host of uh, her wonderful podcast, The Wellhouse Exorcism, and. Um, Things didn't line up, so we had to postpone. So that'll be coming this next week. And I will warn you that Shanna is prepared. She showed me her notes today, and she has been preparing for this. Uh, they're both super excited to come on the show and and do the Skinwalker Ranch episode crossover with us. And um, and it's going to be... I think it's going to be hot. It's going to be a series. We're going to do, I think, at least two episodes um, but it's going to be, it's going to be super fun because it's where their whole, uh, uh, show with the ghosts and the paranormal, uh, crosses over with all the things that we like to talk about. I mean, we like to talk about ghosts, but we also like to talk about UFOs, cryptids, interdimensionals, ultra dimensionals, uh, strange orbs, lights, sounds. There's all kinds of stuff that happens at Skinwalker Ranch. It is one of the most covered locations on the face of the planet, prob- probably. And there's not going to be, um, you know, there's not going to be some breakthrough thing that we talk about that no one else talks about. It's just going to be our take on it because, I mean, it really is the, I feel like, the center of uh, what we describe as liminal experience. What do you think, Jen? Yes. Dynamite. So, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> no, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Thanks for that B word. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> so, um, but today, so as to get Jenny's feet back in the water and get moving on this liminal train again, uh, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're gonna again. You're gonna hear George and Lucy. George. George is back there throwing a mini tantrum. <laughs> what is your problem? Because though? no one's paying attention to him. So, we decided, hey, what what's our bread and butter here? We love to surf the crazy waves of Reddit. And yeah, boy. Yeah. So we're gonna jump in, and we we've, we've got some Reddit stories for you. I I also I also believe it or not, I read, <laughs> and I also have a book here that I'm gonna relay um, a little story that I found. Uh, the book is called Ta- uh, Forgotten Tales. Let me let me rewind that back and say that correctly. Forgotten Tales of Pennsylvania, and it's by uh, a writer named Thomas White. And I picked this up at, of all places, Cracker Barrel. Um, so a little plug for Cracker Barrel. I love Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is pretty amazing. Joe Bob loves it. Heck Joe yeah. Bob Briggs. Uh, we love Joe Bob. Yeah, we love Joe Bob. Joe Bob Briggs, for anybody who doesn't know, not that this is a horror podcast. That's going to be my other project coming up. But Joe Bob Briggs is the host of, uh, currently, of The Last Drive-In on Shudder. And I grew up watching this guy, watching horror movies. And he's a horror host. Um, he, he's, his specialty is The Drive-In. Um, and so that's he, he's just a, a redneck at The Drive-In, watching crazy... Georgie, shut up! <laughs> watching crazy movies. And... Um, and so he loves Cracker Barrel. So I got this at Cracker Barrel. Um, it's a good buy. It was fifteen dollars for like a, what's basically a little, a little um, coffee table reader. Um, the back, the back says, "What what bizarre stories and strange folklore lurk on the edges of Penn's woods?" Um, so I, actually, I want to start with this one because there's um, there's something that ties into our Sky Beasts episode. Um, and even though the Sky Beast episode was probably one of the weirder episodes that we've done so far, um, we've only done eight episodes, but, um, there was something interesting that I found in this book that tied into something that you talked about, honey. Um, and it's on page 71 of this book. It says web spinning UFOs over Danville. Uh, and I, when I read that title, I thought, wow, that sounds kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. So it says here, a man named William Hummer was pulling up to his house about 2 o'clock in the afternoon on May 4th, 1981. What a year. As he parked his motorcycle, he noticed what he described as, quote, cobwebs on his roof, on his neighbor's homes, and on telephone poles and trees. While observing the material, he realized that there were things moving around in the sky. It was difficult to make out details at first because of the bright sun, but he could tell that they were disc-shaped. A few moments later, a delivery man arrived and attempted to pick up some of the white webbing, quote-unquote. What? I can't do it. What webbing? (laughs) Oh, God. It disintegrated in his hand. Did you did you hear that, Billy Idol? It disintegrated in his hand. The, it's a nice day. <laughs> the material kept falling as the men watched. 
Hummer retrieved a pair of binoculars and managed to get a better look at the disks when they got farther away from the sun. He described them as circular with a peaked dome. They traveled in groups of two or three and changed directions rapidly. When Hummer's sister arrived half an hour later, the webs were still falling from the sky and being blown around in the air. None of the webs lasted long enough to be preserved. So, so that sounds very much like the angel hair. The angel hair. Yeah. The angel hair pasta that you described mm-hmm. in uh, what, what was it? Was that in Italy? It happened. I think that I think that was an Italian. Oh, now you want me to remember well, something? That I think that was a few weeks ago. I think that was the one where it was in Italy, and the and the it's, in, it's been in multiple. The angel hair was falling from it's, the sky. It's been in, yeah, Florence, Italy. Florence, was one Italy. of them, but it's been in multiple places. As yes, Orleans, uh, France. You Orleans? No, Orleans. Orleans. Not Orleans. 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 I think that's a hibachi place. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Victoria, Australia. What? Australia. Was that your Australian accent? No. <laughs> Crikey. Um, so, so Argentina. I, I thought that tied in well with that. I thought that yes. that was a, that would be a nice little callback to the Sky Beasts episode, and I plan to mine more stories out of that that little book. Um, so. So now into uh, the world of Reddit. Dun, dun, dun. So my first story. Why do you always get to go first? I didn't know if you had a story ready. You didn't ask. Do you have a story ready, honey? Yes. <laughs> okay, honey, what's your story? No, you go. Oh, my God. this is You're as frustrating as the dogs. <laughs> So, my story is about a dog. Oh. So, it's topical. Very good. <laughs> so, this is this was posted by Raferia. And it says, did I just let something sinister into my home? And they start, hey there. I wasn't really sure I should share about this, but my friend told me to post about it. On here Now, this is from just like the paranormal Reddit page. This morning, I woke up at my usual time, 5 a.m. Oh, that Ew. sucks. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Yikes. To go to the gym before classes. Ew, even worse. I'm off campus staying with my parents, how- however, they are away for a month, so I've had the house to myself. Well, anyways, every morning I wake up, let my dog out to go do his business, shower, brush my teeth, and let him back inside before I get dressed and leave. This morning, I woke up feeling a little weird. The house had a strange energy, and my gut sensed that something was up. I let my dog out into our pitch-black backyard. The deck light didn't turn on like it usually does, which is unusual, but I thought nothing of it and went to go shower. After my shower, I went back to the sliding glass door to let my dog in, and I could see him sitting there waiting for me. I opened the door and watched him, a large black lab, walk in and under a table. I then proceeded to close the door and walk to my room to get dressed. Here's where it gets weird. If you were wondering, this is where it gets weird. As I was leaving the area where the back door is, 
I felt that same strange feeling that I had been feeling all morning. I decided to look at the dog's bed and noticed he wasn't in it. So I looked back at the door and saw, to my utter confusion, that he was still sitting outside. My stomach instantly dropped. I could have sworn on my life that I watched him come in the house and under a table. I walked back to the door, let my actual dog inside, and instantly searched my house to see if another animal came inside instead. I didn't find anything. As I thought more about it, the thing I let in before looked more like a shadow rather than a dog, and it moved differently, although it was around the same size. I called my girlfriend to tell her about it as she was waiting for me at the gym, and she said it was probably just my imagination. But I have never, ever imagined something this real. I wasn't even tired. I noticed that my dog was acting a little strange, too, staring at one of our walls and growling quietly. I left soon after that and got on with my day. I'm at a loss. If anyone has a possible explanation to ease my nerves, because I'm really dreading sleeping there alone tonight. Uh, also, a little uh, like update PS part here. I think something else came into my house when I let my dog in. So I'm just reiterating it. That's kind of weird. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if you think about it, like you might say, like, oh, well, how did they not notice that it was a strange creature? But if you think, like, this is a person, they're getting, it's early in the morning, they're getting up, they're doing their daily thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting ready, they're getting their clothes together, they're brushing their teeth, you know, having a bite to eat. And so they just, they just happen to notice that, because it's dark outside. Right. So all they really notice is a, is a figure yeah. that, you know, resembling their dog at mm-hmm. the back door. And so they go over, they just open the door, and if they're not really looking, like maybe they're looking at their phone, you know, or they're, or they're looking at the plate of food in front, or the hot coffee, or whatever, they're, they're focused on something else, because they're preparing their brain for the day. Mm-hmm. So they just slide the door open, and, a, and this figure, this about the size of a dog, comes in. Right. And then they don't notice it again. And, but then when they go back past, the dog's sitting outside. Yeah. Crazy. And now it's clearly the dog, and they're actually paying attention. They're like, well, wait a second, I thought I just let you in. And then as they remember, they're like, wait a second, did that move like a dog? Mm-hmm. Was, was that my dog? What was it? Where is it? Yeah, where Ooh. is it? Oh, my God. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't chalk that up to a ghost, you know. I mean, why would there be a ghost of a dog? Could be. You know, that seems, that was more like you know, shadow figure mm-hmm. type activity, or maybe it's, you know, a, a little bit of a crossover. Maybe it's their dog, but from a different time period or different mm-hmm. dimension, and they're seeing, like, sort of a latent shadow of the dog. Yeah. You know? It's odd that the dog was then growling at mm-hmm. the wall. We've heard about situations like that. Your Your sister... At her mm-hmm. house had a situation like that where the dog would growl mm-hmm. at the the wall, like, for no reason, or growl at the door, mm-hmm. you know, for, for seemingly no reason. Yeah. So, I thought that was kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Some kind of fun. <laughs> Good job, honey. Thanks. Is it my turn? You know what? Yes, it is. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs>
<laughs> I died last night, but I'm still here. Oh, boy. <laughs> this was posted by Liquid Gold 83 Liquid Gold. <laughs> in the Glitch in the Matrix Reddit. So this actually happened last week. It just took me some time to come to terms with it. This was two years ago. Okay. By the way, I got a phone call from my next door neighbor late in the evening asking if I could help him move a mattress into his upstairs. His mom is ill and has a big, heavy sleep number bed. I, of course, ran over to help because they're great neighbors. I get over there and his friend, who is also a priest, was there to help. I helped them figure out how to separate the mattress from the bed so we could fit it up the stairs. We get it all moved up and back in place when my neighbor asks if I can help them move an armoire upstairs, too. I think nothing of it, and we pull it out of his travel trailer and start bringing it up the front stairs of his house. This is where I died. <laughs> the front stairs. Death by don't armoire. laugh. Death by armoire. <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> the front stairs are 11 <laughs> steps. I was on the lower end of the armoire, about six steps up, when my neighbor and his friend lose a handle on the armoire, and it comes crashing down on me, and I fall backwards towards the pavement. I then wake up in my dining room to my phone ringing and my wife asking me if I'm going to answer the phone. It's my neighbor asking me if I can help move a bed upstairs for his mom. I go over there and meet his priest friend again, as this has been the first time I met him. I say I can help with the bed, but I cannot help with the armoire. My neighbor was like, how'd you know about the armoire? I then proceeded to tell them, I'm pretty sure I just died. I spent the next hour talking with the priest. He had so many questions. My neighbor didn't believe it until I described the upstairs bedroom in perfect detail down to the metal mattress frame on the floor and the intricate headboard leaning against the wall, and I had never been upstairs in their house before. The priest asked me what I saw after I died. I told him I never actually died. Before it happened, I woke up at my dining room table. Too long didn't read. I experienced my death but woke up alive about 20 minutes earlier in my life. <laughs> pretty weird it is it is weird i mean you know is it is it chalked up to you know what do, what do you think is that like more like a premonition of a possible thing or did they see an you know something in an alternate reality i think it happened i think it actually happened and then and then and he, time it, reversed itself yeah something yeah it like reset before he actually hit the ground and died or maybe he did die but then he woke up yeah in another alternate reality where it hadn't happened yet i don't know and the paramedics showed up and went oh my god <laughs> look at that guy's head under that armoire <laughs> somebody call a priest oh wait there's one here already well that's it yeah i mean i i i'm not sure I, i'm not sure what to make of Stories like that, you know, where there's like the car crash, but then it didn't happen or, you know, it, it's odd. It's really odd, but it's, it's sort of like, I, I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm at a loss for like what the mechanism is. Yeah. Like, well, I've seen several stories of things like that, happen, like the car crashes where, you know, people swear they were in this car accident, but then all of a sudden they're driving down the road and nothing had happened. And, yeah. Yeah, see, I, I wonder if that's not like final destination type stuff, mm -hmm. where it's like they had that, they had the ex full blown experience. They were, but then it's more like a premonition. Like all of a sudden they're back where they started, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Oh my God, something bad might happen." You know, if I do this, yeah, you know, 
And then does death catch up with them? And Tony Todd comes and says, you know, you're, you're, it's a, you're against death. And it's not, that's a horrible Tony Todd. But anyway, yeah. you get, you get what I'm saying. Um, so my next one, um, has another, a bit of a tie in to, um, goings on with like your sister's house. I thought this sounded very similar to things that we've heard about from them. Um, is it possible to hear your own ghost? And this is posted by Alter Ego Bobby. Alter Ego Bobby, I think it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So, to make my question make sense, I have to give some context. This is how how they start. I live in a trailer that was only recently moved here. I'm the first tenant here, but I don't know the history of others who lived in it before I was moved here. I never heard anything strange before I got roommates, but I got two roommates, and not long after, we all started to hear each other when we weren't there. I'd be chilling with one of the roommates, and we would both hear the other roommate come in and walk toward us, but the sound would stop right before they'd have gotten close enough for us to see them. The other roommates would experience the same thing when I was away. We also hear each other when it's just us, but I know we're not imagining it because we often experience it together. I guess I think it's some kind of residual energy, maybe? I don't know much about it. We rarely hear each other speak, but if we do, it's just a hello, usually. Sometimes I'll think one of my roommates is home long before they actually ever come home. The reason I'm posting this is because I heard my own footsteps yesterday. And that's never happened to any of us before. So I was just wondering if anyone has any idea what that's about. Any info on residual energy or other theories on how we hear each other fairly often would be very much appreciated as well. Thanks. So, uh, first of all, I'm not sure how you can hear your own footsteps. Like, how does he know it's his as opposed to somebody else? Unless you have a distinctive way of walking. Maybe it's a peg leg. (laughs) You don't know. Arr, I live in a trailer that was only recently moved here. Maybe his alter ego <laughs> is a pirate. But, uh, but I mean, we have heard of, like in the case of uh, Laura's house, uh, mimics. And, uh, m- you know, mimicry is a thing that, that ha- can happen in, in hauntings. Uh, paranormal things and this is one of the things they talk about that they they hear very short little like a hello or like a one word reply to something uh in one of the other people's voices and that was something that they said uh, laura uh and ray said occurred over at their house quite often is you would hear uh, another person's voice who who wasn't home Mm -hmm. and it was to the point where they would hear it uh, in some cases, knowing the other person wasn't home or sometimes not knowing and thinking that the other person was there and then it turns out they're all alone in the house. And then Laura had the one experience where she turned off a light switch and heard Ray's voice from a downstairs room saying, hey, and then she's like, oh, I thought you were already upstairs. Do you want me to leave this light on? And then she hears him say, yes. 
Mm-hmm. And so she leaves it on, goes upstairs like she's going to bed, and he's already up in the bedroom. You know, crazy yeah. stuff like that. So that this is not an uncommon thing. And, you know, they're looking for a, a solution for it. You know, is this uh, residual stuff? Well, my answer is no. That's not residual. You haven't, you don't hear re- yourselves residually. That's an active haunting of some kind where you have a mimic, you know. And it, it, it's it's possible they said, well, I didn't experience anything until I had two roommates move in. Well, maybe if you believe the stuff about ghosts needing sometimes the energy of people to manifest, maybe it's it needed that enough energy in the home to be able to manifest these these mimicries um otherwise one of your roommates you know might possibly be a satanist or something and have mm-hmm. <laughs> a pra- practitioner of the dark arts and brought something with them you never know <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh but no i mean this it's that's very um very plausible uh very fairly common you know haunting phenomena mm-hmm. you know um I don't see that as... I mean, it would be one thing if you heard uh, yourself or a conversation that you know for a fact took place, mm-hmm. you know, so, a week yeah. or a week or so before. Right. You know? Like, if all of a sudden we were sitting here and we heard us recording the podcast from last week, that would be... That would be maybe more residual, but it would be really weird to hear yourself. hmm You know? Um, And I even wouldn't, if that was the case, if you were hearing whole conversations that you had had previously that you know you had those, I I know I said that, that would be not, I wouldn't say that was a ghost. I would say that was something else Mm -hmm. going on. But in this case, I think they have a mimic. Sounds like it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. So, what do you got? What do you got for me, baby? It's a long one. <laughs> can I take it? <laughs> I think you can handle it. Just sit back and relax. You ready? Let Jenny do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> the time I ended up in a town that doesn't exist. Oh, boy. Posted by Diablix. 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 Back in the summer of 2011, I was 19 and had relocated my living situation for a few weeks while I was in between apartments. Long story on its own. Due to my relocation, I was pretty far from my work and I'd have to drive about an hour south on the Highway 45. At the time, I worked in Spring, Texas and could get away with a lot of stuff because we were too short-staffed and I was one of the more experienced on our night crew. On my first shift, having to drive to work from this new area, I ended up getting a bit turned around and lost. I was driving on what I thought had been the highway, but after a bend, it suddenly transitioned into a single lane road, and then further down, transitioned to just a dirt road. Ever since it stopped being a highway, there were no areas to turn off. I left my place at about 7 p.m. to arrive at work by 8 p.m. for my shift. This happened around the midway point of the distance, so even though I didn't check the time when it happened, it'd be a fair estimate to say the sudden change in environment happened around 7.30 p.m. Thinking this was really strange, as I had been up and down 45 a million times and never saw something like this, I figured I would just drive until I reached a rest stop or something to check my location on GPS and turn around. 
I got to, it got to be a little uneasy when I went a full 20 minutes without a single spot to stop at or turn into and without seeing a single other car. I saw a bridge coming up and thought, okay, surely there'll be somewhere to turn around up wherever this bridge leads. Then I saw it. You are now entering Atta Scotia. <laughs> A-T-O-S-C-O-T-I-A. I think they Atta make a, Scotia. I think they make a cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I was already going to be super late for work, no matter what, and I figured I'd just send my boss a text and all will be fine. No signal. Figuring what the hell, I'm going to get in trouble anyway, may as well check out this place for a few minutes and see where I ended up. It was very unsettling. The town looked like it had to have been abandoned for decades. Buildings all around looking to be falling apart and in terrible disrepair. Not a single building had a light on, and there were no cars or people anywhere in sight. The roads were a mix of some dirt roads and some normal roads in varying states of disrepair. Hell, I didn't even see animals anywhere as I drove through. I could tell as I drove that this town was essentially an island. Every direction seemed to have a beach and a bridge that connected it to land, at least from what I was able to see as I drove around a higher elevated area. After about an, a half hour driving around, unable to find any signs of life, I managed to find my way back to the bridge I came in on and got the hell out of there. When I got to work about two hours late, my boss called me back into his office to have a chat. I've been working there since I was 16 and have never been so much as a single minute late, so he was willing to hear me out. I told him the honest truth of what happened, and he seemed increasingly concerned as my story went on. He and another co-worker looked on a map out of curiosity, since they'd never known of any abandoned towns in the area, and found some place called Atascosita, and assumed I'd misread the sign. But when they opened the Google Street View, Atascosita was nothing like the town I'd seen. The only thing they had in common was a sort of similar name and one bridge that connected it from across the lake, but the town I was in was surrounded by water and had bridges connecting it on each end. I'm only in contact with one co-worker who was at work that day, and he's convinced I somehow got a bustling old town, old-style town like Atascosita somehow confused with a long-abandoned ghost town, even though they had nothing in common, just because we couldn't find any Atascosia on the map. Two years after, when I went back to live in spring for a little while, I did try finding Atta Scotia again, this time with the intent of filming while there to prove it existed. But alas, no matter how much I retraced my steps, I was never able to find that strange empty path to the bridge again. Um, so there's an edit. Um, do, 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 there's a couple edits here. Um, so, oh, where did it go? So they did find a newspaper article from, here we are. Uh, I did look at Texas official census data from the same year the newspaper article that mentioned it was from, it was from the 40s. Um, no census data on it. So the publication Oil City Derrick in Oil City, Pennsylvania had an article on page 13 of their October 8th, 1942 paper that mentions Atta Scotia, Texas. This is huge for me because it's the first time I've seen any evidence that the town ever existed at all. The mention is brief, and I have no idea why there's no census data on it, but it's the only piece of evidence this town was ever a thing. So it's it, pretty interesting. Is it possible that he went back in time, and where Atascosita is now used to be Atascosia? Maybe. Or did he go to Silent Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Possible. Was there guys walking around with giant pyramids on their heads? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the stories like that. People end up in like places that 
shouldn't be there from a different time. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or an or an alternate reality where mm-hmm. it's not Atascosita, it's Atascosia, and it's you know been abandoned because the zombie plague has happened, mm-hmm. and no one no one lives there anymore. You know, everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that is creepy. But it does sound very much like like the the video game in the movie Silent Hill. You know, they go to a place that like shouldn't be there. It's like mm-hmm. you know an old rundown town where everything's falling apart. Centralia. Right. Well, not quite like Centralia. I mean, is that what it's based on? Silent, yeah. Silent Hill is based on yeah. There's a mine fire and mm-hmm. you know all this kind of demonic stuff. But no, that's pretty cool. I like that story. Yeah. So my next one is uh, was posted by Chicken Feet, Chicken underscore Feet. But cool with like a pH feet. (laughs) (laughs) So this is called Remember a Boy No One Remembers. I grew up in a small southern town that had a paper mill and a nearby Air Force base. Anyway, kids came and went as people were transferred in and out, that kind of thing. Most of us who were locals had fathers who worked at the paper mill but there was a large contention of kids whose dad and moms were Air Force people. I have a memory of a kid named Adam. He was one of my brother's good friends. My brother is two years younger. He and Adam hung out together. They were both the prankster type and were always getting in trouble for pulling jokes on people. Uh, I was in mass media, so I had access to camera equipment. Often I would bring home a video cassette recorder camera to play with. We made silly videos and like stuff inspired by SNL. Honestly, I don't know where any of them are now. This has been like 30 years ago. Recently, I was talking to my brother about Adam. And he had no idea who I was talking about. He had no memory of a kid named Adam. I asked another of our friends, Corey, if he remembered Adam, and he was like, who? I checked old yearbooks, and I found a picture of him in the background of a shot taken in the lunchroom. You can see him sitting at a round table with a few of our friends. My brother says he doesn't know who the guy is, but he doesn't remember anyone named Adam. I asked in our high school alumni Facebook page if anyone remembers him, but no one seems to. I took a picture of the yearbook page with my phone and posted it, but everyone said that it was too blurry to tell. People checked their own yearbooks, at least a couple of them uh, did, and they say it's a different dude. However, I am absolutely certain that this kid is a guy named Adam and that he hung out with my brother and that he was kind of a joker. He moved away when we were in the ninth grade. I'm pretty sure his dad was in the Air Force. What gives here? Am I losing my mind? Has anyone ever had a similar experience? Hmm. So I thought that was kind of, that was really kind of crazy because it's not like this was just, oh, I kind of knew this kid. He's saying that he and his little brother, who his little brother was supposed to be friends with this kid, they were in the same grade. And he's like, no, we like hung out and we made like videos together and you know he doesn't know where any of those videos are now but he's like we we did we did stuff we did little skits and things like i like played with this kid we hung out 
And now no one remember, including my brother, no one remembers who this kid is. And when I look at the in the yearbook, there's a picture where I see him in the background, but two of the other people that I talked to who still had their yearbooks are like, I described what the kid looks like, and they're like, no, I got a different kid in my in my book. <laughs> so it's almost like this guy. See, he's he's like looking at like, oh, I remember this kid that nobody remembers. But what if some point this guy slipped slipped realities and now the kid that was in his reality, well, in this reality, that kid wasn't there. He never existed. Mm-hmm. And he's not really realizing, like, he's acting like, oh, the kid doesn't, somehow doesn't exist now. Well, maybe you crossed over. You did the crossover. And now you're in a reality where that oh. kid was never there. Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah, because why would their yearbooks be different? Right. He's in your yearbook, but he's not in theirs. Maybe you're out of place. Maybe Adam didn't disappear. You did. You did. <laughs> Pretty wild, you know? Totally. Because he says we made all these tapes and stuff, but now he somehow doesn't know where all those tapes are. Mm-hmm. You know? As, as somebody who, you know, used to film, you used to film things, you know... Like, maybe they get, like, misplaced, but you can find them. Like, right. you, those things usually never get thrown out, mm-hmm. you know. But he can't find these tapes any, anymore. He doesn't know where they what happened to him. Maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. crossed over, and now the, in this reality, those tapes don't exist. Yeah. Because that kid was never there. Freaky, de- freaky deaky. Totes my goats. <laughs> Totes my goats. So what do you what do you got now? What do you what uh, what do you got to curl? You got something to curl my nose hairs? I'll try. <laughs> this was posted by Deleted, which I think is a really weird username. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> On Friday morning, I had a conversation with my manager, who wasn't at work yet, but I described to a coworker his entire outfit and what he was carrying an hour before he actually arrived. Twelve hours later, I still didn't feel right. Every morning since last year, my department holds a meeting at 8 a.m. through WebEx instead of in person because of precautions to COVID. At around 7.30 a.m., I head downstairs to use the bathroom and have a pre-meeting smoke to mentally prepare myself slash unwind. It's usually around this time frame that my manager walks past me, 10 feet to my left, opens the door, and goes up the stairwell leading to our offices. Friday morning was no different than any other day. Everything was normal. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my manager walking in, so I walk toward him and say, Hey, good morning, Joe. He returns the greeting, says what's up, take another drag and flick my cigarette so I could walk up with him. He opens the door, and as he does this, I take a couple of steps to grab my water bottle so I can walk in with him and pre-discuss the plan of the day. I stopped the door from closing completely, but when I walked in, he wasn't in sight. I start walking up the steps, four floors, and stop to hear if he's in the stairwell too because I couldn't hear him. No sound. When I got to the top and into the office, his door was closed. I asked a co-worker, hey, is Joe in there? as his door was already closed. He tells me, no, he's not here yet. I looked at her confused and asked if she was sure, and she confirmed that he wasn't. He'd have to walk right past her to get into his office, and she'd notice. So I turned the knob of the door and opened it to a pitch-dark office, and no Joe. Confused, I walked to the window, and his truck wasn't there. At this point, I'm at a loss, so I go back and ask her again if she's sure, or if I'm crazy. She laughed and asked why. I told her I just saw Joe, and we had a brief discussion and counter downstairs. She swears up and down that he hasn't been in and won't be for a while, as he's in a meeting on the other side of campus. 
I said, Linda, I'm telling you, I just saw him and spoke to him. Green flannel shirt, jeans, and he was carrying an open toolbox and had a package on his arm. I swear, I just saw him. Okay, Linda. Linda. <laughs> Listen to me, Linda. Listen. <clears throat> uh, the morning meeting went on. Joe wasn't involved. I sat there confused but accepted that maybe I'm making things up and maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I'm tired and I'm just used to that being the normal, but I know I saw him and spoke to him. Linda. 45 minutes later, I'm at the printer between Linda and Joe's office and the door at the top of the stairs opens up and in he comes. I turned and looked and wish I could have seen the look on my face. He walks up and says his usual, good morning, good morning, what's up? And Linda looks at me and says, look at your face. Joe, look at him. He's pale white. <laughs> Linda's a bitch. <laughs> look at your face. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And now Linda can see it on my face. I was confused and shocked. Joe laughs and asks what's going on. Enthusiastically confused and scared, I asked, Joe, did we have a conversation about an hour ago at the bottom of the steps? He looked at me confused and explained that he was on the West Shore in a meeting at that time and then stopped for donuts on his way over for the office and the crew out on the floor. He looked right at me, wearing a green flannel shirt that I've never seen him wear before, blue jeans, a black toolbox, and a white box of donuts tucked under his arm. Laughed it off and went about his morning routine. I stood there in disbelief. Linda stared at me, confused and in dismay. It bothered me all morning and afternoon. I felt off even as I went home. Later on that night, I decided to pour a drink. I had one and decided to take the elevator downstairs and have a smoke outside. When I was done with the smoke, I disposed of it properly and turned around to let myself back in the building. As I turned, I swear I felt everything slow down immensely. And I remember saying out loud to myself, something is wrong. What's wrong with me? And I slowly dropped down to the ground and took a knee. Everything felt off. I stood up slowly, thinking of who I should call. I didn't feel right. As I slow stepped toward the door, everything sped back up to normal, and I felt completely fine again. I'm not really sure what to make of any of this, and to be honest, I haven't felt right since Friday morning. Wow. Linda. <laughs> Look at your face. You don't have just the egg on your face. You got the whole chicken's ass. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's weird, huh? Yeah, Linda's a B-word. <laughs> she is a B-word. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so now I have one about uh, parallel, specifically about parallel. This is from the parallel universe. Parallel. Parallelograms. Parallel universe. Lemon and Limipod. Um, so this is from the parallel universe Reddit page. Uh, posted by... Uh, A.M. underscore K.Y. It's called The Tree and the Moon. Uh, it's a weird one. I tried my best for the last couple of years to avoid these topics for a personal reason. But something just happened that I don't know what to make of. Opinions are appreciated. Oh, M. Kai, we're going to give you some opinions. Um, I live next to a hill with a couple of trees. There's a specific tree that had already been dying and falling falling with branches connected together to form... Okay, i got to start that over because I got lost in their writing. <laughs> I live next to a hill with a couple of trees. There's a specific tree that had already 
been dying and falling with branches connected together to form a simple house shape. So I think maybe like the the tree branches are like collapsing mm-hmm. and somehow it made a like a house shape in the tree. Okay. The tree has been around for some time in this shape and I remember how close it is to the terrace. I even made a logo out of it since I have fun with graphic design as a hobby and regularly enjoy a cup of coffee or smoke as I observe it since it was nice to look at. I even regularly take pictures of it. So they're saying like this tree was so significant, so distinct that they made it their graphic design logo for their little side business or whatever. Mm -hmm. Last night around 2 a.m. almost, I was sitting on the couch looking outside And I noticed the night sky being cloudy and some fog surrounding the moon, which was larger than usual. My first thought was that this is very beautiful. And since I like nature and the moon, I'm going to take a picture of it. And so I did. I then went to the bathroom for less than two minutes and returned. Where the hell did the moon go? Why is the sky clear? And where the fuck is the tree? Bum, bum, bum. It gets worse. I wake up this morning thinking I must have been tired and some dark cloud covered the moon and the darkness made it seem like it did or probably just behind the hill. Fine, great conclusion. The moon part will be dismissed. Now for the tree. Remember that I have pictures of it. I know that I haven't been hallucinating a tree for no reason for the previous years, so I need to check my phone. The tree is not in any of the pictures taken of the hill, or at least from where I took them. My mind exploded. I kept digging, and there it was, a wide shot of my father with the tree at the top of the hill and not directly near my house. Everyone is telling me to let it go. We might just be be wrong. So my last hope was to see the remains of the tree to see if it fell, and I'm just tripping, but nothing. The weed... And flowers on the hill are not even disturbed. Edit. It gets worse. I just asked my brother and father about it, and they have absolutely no recollection of it. I'm not kidding. I'm tripping right now. This is not right. Whoa. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So it's this tree that was so distinct, they literally like based like a little bit of their identity around it. You know, yeah. my graphic design thing, because I love sitting here and, and seeing that tree, mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff. And here one night, and, and I would say that the conditions were kind of strange. Like they, they're describing like, oh, the night was cloudy, but they're like, it's cloudy. There's like, like a foggy, you know, surround, they just, they say a fog surrounding the moon, which... You know, mm-hmm. but but they're talking about like the, almost like a bit of an aura. The moon had an aura, like a moon halo. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it it seems like it, it's kind of like there's something at work in the night. The way they describe it just sounds spooky to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can use a technical term. <laughs> Very good. Um, you know, but and then and then to come back and now all of a sudden there's no moon in the sky. The, the sky is completely clear. They, you know, they describe it as clear. I assume they could see stars. Um, but now the tree's gone. Yeah. The tree's completely gone. And nobody seems to remember this tree. Yeah. You know? Um, 
Yeah, and it's weird. And and but then he he does find a picture, this wide shot of his father, with the but the tree in that picture, is at the top of the hill and not right near the house. Huh. You know, so it's almost like you have like a double crossover, because you have him remembering the tree distinctly being right there i can look at it right out the window but then he now is in a reality where there is no tree and no one remembers a tree but then he has a picture on his phone there was a tree and there was a but tree in a different place. but in a different location what the fudge what the fudge that's right jenny what, what the, fudge? the fudge it's like it's like he it's almost as if he passed through two different realities. Yeah. Like not just one, but he went like he jumped into two different ones. And in one of them, the tree was up on top of the hill. And somehow that picture from that reality got stuck in his phone. Mm-hmm. Now I know we're saying this like it happens all the time. You know, the, this sounds as crazy to me as it does time. Sure. Anybody else listening to this. But it's sort of like, you know, like, like they said, how, I didn't hallucinate a tree right. for years and years and exactly. years. I used to sit here and drink my coffee and have a smoke and look out the window at the tree. Because it was so distinctive to them with this like weird shape like that looked like a house in the branches, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they don't mention like if they still have their logo that has the tree in it. Yeah. But if they did, like I would I would, you know, want to know from the other members of the family who don't recall this tree at all, well how the hell did I create this logo then? Like how do I have yeah. this logo? Hmm. I kind of wish they would have gone back and investigated that part of it. Right. Like how did I create this logo if there was not a, if there wasn't a tree there hmm. that looked like that? Yeah. You know. Hmm. It's pretty crazy. It is. So, all right, all right, well, top that. Well, here's one for you. Top that glitchy husband. <laughs> That's what it's called. Glitchy husband. Oh, I thought you were insulting me. Well, I mean, take it as you will. I was, I was trying to understand what, what glitchy, glitchy was that? Was that some new lingity off the street? That no, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's uh, my glitchy. Do I? Do I work the torque? What? <laughs> oh, no. glitchy. Am I hip? Am I down? Am I with it? Glitchy. I need a newer version because you're starting to show your age and, you know, Come things on. Are, are not quite the way they used to be. Come on, honey. Hit me with it. I'm Funky Cole Medina. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, this is posted by Aunt Amosto. Aunt Amosto. That sounds... Hello. Uh, I am Antamosto. <laughs> Anywho. I am a newlywed. Poor girl. <laughs> We'd been married less than a month when I woke up at 5.30 a.m. next to my husband's sleeping form and saw a notification on my phone. It was a text from him. Sam, with a little less than and a three to make a heart. Okay. So Sam Hart sent at midnight. Sam Hart. Who is this? Now, I was pretty sure that Sam was stretched out next to me, snoring away at midnight. I'm a light sleeper, and it's likely I would have awoken if he had gotten out of bed or turned on his phone. 
Still, stranger things have happened. I figured he was playing a weird joke on me or something. I decided to play along, so I wrote back. Who is this? Seconds later, I asked you first. I could feel Sam... Oh, creeper. <laughs> it's from her... It's from her husband's phone number. Yeah. With his name. Sam Triangle 3. Yeah, creeper. <laughs> I could feel Sam pressed against my right side, warm and breathing regularly. <laughs> I looked at his nightstand and confirmed that his phone was still there, dark and silent. Me. Seriously, who is this? Why are you coming up on my phone under one of my contact names? Sam. What name am I under? Me. Obviously there's some crossed wires somewhere. We don't know each other. Sam. Are you in town I live in? Me. Yes. Are you? Creeper. Yes. <laughs> Me. Okay, there you go. Wires are crossed. It's weird, but I'm sure it happens. Sam. We must live near each other. What street are you on? Me. Trying to change the subject because I definitely do not want to tell this person the street I'm on. Do I come up on your phone under someone else's name? Sam. I was looking through my contacts and I saw one I didn't remember creating under the name Wi-Fi with a heart built like this less than no, three next like wifey. to it. lol i was just curious who <laughs> this is i live on violet street by the way i went cold my husband's nickname for me is wi-fi but pronounced wifey it's a silly inside joke no one knows about it but us what a douche so i had thought <laughs> and we live on violet street and we both make the little heart next to each other's name and something about this person's writing style was so familiar. I confirmed that my husband was still slumbering next to me. His phone was still on the nightstand. Someone was fucking with me. I turned my phone off, got up, and got ready for work. Later that morning, I showed the text to Sam, who was baffled. His phone had no messages on it. He texted me to test things out, and his message, hi, popped up right underneath the last message the other Sam sent to me. It came from the same phone. Oh, yeah. I assumed it was someone playing a joke on me, or maybe it really was some technical glitch. But the days have passed. I keep thinking, what if that was Sam? A Sam in an alternate, alternative reality where we never met. My husband and I have texted each other since with no problems. I tried to put the incident out of my head, but yesterday I started scrolling up to find the messages. They're gone. I did not delete them. They're just gone. If it is another Sam in a different reality, am I there too? If I ever hear from him again, should I tell him to find me? I love him so much. I want all his versions to be happy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, update. Some strange things have, have continued to happen on that particular phone. I got a new phone several months ago, but keep the old one charged up to check Facebook. Uh, since being disconnected from service, the old phone has received occasional text messages from my parents, my husband, my best friend, and my boss. When I've asked about the messages, the senders either don't remember sending the messages or sent them months ago. I'm still baffled if this is indeed an alternate reality glitch, retcon thing, or a genuine technical issue. What if? Oh, what if it's a? What if it's a? Um, an like not necessarily an alternate Sam, but what if it's like a weird like spirit shadow of Sam trapped in the buffer of the phone? You know how like on Star Trek, like you can like. There, there's the the transporters have a buffer, uh-huh. the way like things buffer on your computer and stuff. You know that's a fictional television show, right? Yeah, but they, it deals with technical things, like real technical mm-hmm. things. And so mm-hmm. they in in episodes they've like had people held in the transporter buffer, so it's like they're in like 
for a moment like suspended animation or like not really animation I guess but they're like suspended in the buffer and then they can bring them out later um, because it's like basically it's like the way transporter technology like if it was real would technically work is you know it's horrific you would get destroyed on the one end like your body would be atomized and then mm. all that information all the stored mm. information in the buffer gets re substantiated mm -hmm. on the other side of the transporter yeah so what if it's like a part of him got trapped in in the signal buffer of the telephone there oh there was a great doctor who uh, episode with David Tennant where they wore the communicator things mm -hmm. and the communicator things did like something very similar where it like it it kept it like had your bio signature in it mm -hmm. and the person died it was when they were in the library it was the yeah. library episode and the people would get like attacked by the things that lived in the library yeah. and get eaten up inside their suits but you wouldn't know it because the things were making the suits continue to walk around and then they were still talking to everybody yeah. through the the bio buffer that's probably totally and the, what and then happened. It, eventually, the signal disintegrates, you know, yeah. and you lose the person. But what if Sam was, like, part of him was in the buffer? Maybe. We'll my, never know. My only other viable... mystery. <laughs> my only other viable alternate theory is that there was, like, a dark creature with yellow eyes living under the bed who reached Texting. up and grabbed the phone and went click, 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 she click. She said it was on the nightstand. Well, then he put it back. He put it back real quick when she started to, like, st started to move around and get up. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he, like, Could plopped be. it back on the thing. And this thing's just under the bed going, <laughs> That's, I mean, that's my only other viable theory. So, good story, though. I thought so. Very good story. That's why I shared it. <laughs> Good, good job, honey. I try not to share shit stories. So, <laughs> yay me! Man, what a b word, <laughs> babe. Yeah, ba babe with attitude. <laughs> so this one is from. Um, I thought with uh, having my dad on last week and telling his Bigfoot uh, tale. Um, I thought I'd get some, some more cryptids in the mix here. So this is from the, the cryptids Reddit. Um, and this is posted by Fireball in my ass. What? <laughs> Fireball in my ass. Some of these names, I tell you. See, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you have to have it be a certain... I don't know the ins and outs of Reddit. I'm, I'm yeah, Reddit illiterate. I think you must have to try and, like... Like, I don't know. I don't know how you get that... a little obscure. How you get that name. Because, yeah. like, when I tried to, like, get on Reddit, like, I, I got, like, a, a name assigned to me. You yeah. know? Like, so how do you get fireball in my ass? But anyway. Uh, I had a terrifying encounter in the Appalachian Mountains... And I'm looking for answers. And for anybody, any of our friends uh, to the south, um, it's titled, I had a terrifying encounter in the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, <laughs> and I'm looking for answers. I'm supposed to say it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, say, I say it the Yankee way. Appal <laughs> now, it's funny because I find myself... If I'm throwing an Appalachia. If I'm referring to just the region, I have a tendency to call it Appalachia. 
But if I'm referring to it as the mountains, I tend to say the Appalachian Mountains because it sounds better in, in that way. I don't know. I'm weird. True. So, let me start by saying I have lived in the Appalachian Mountains <laughs> all my life. And I and have experienced a lot of strange things. Um, my family was Irish and settled in West Virginia, but I currently live in the North Carolina portion of these wonderful mountains. Um, and it, just to interject for a second, as we've talked about in previous episodes, um, and especially with the last episode with Bigfoot, um, you know, people who live in these regions of the country. This is stuff they grew up with. You know, this is more than just tall tales to them. We should do an Appalachia episode. Yeah, because either either they've seen things themselves or they have close relatives Mm -hmm. who have reported seeing these things. Weird stuff happens. You know, and to them, it's like they they it's not coming from totally incredible sources. You know, these are credible sources. You know, these are people that they know and trust telling them like i saw that and not only that but most of these guys down in these regions are very experienced in the in the woods and in these areas they you know they're not all just mis misidentifying things Mm -hmm. so uh that being said i have learned a lot about what really lurks in these dark woods but this was like nothing i had ever experienced before it all began when my golden golden retriever ozzy growling like i had never heard before he literally never growls so that had me already uncomfortable but this growl was bone chilling it was (laughs) i would love to just cut in jeff goldblum doing that (laughs) (laughs) it was like he was getting ready to have a fight have to fight for his life or something I took both him and my other dog out around 11 p.m., and he would not leave my side. I noticed that my workshop door was open, so I walked down to close and lock it up. The entire time, he is glued to my side. Ozzy also kept trying to get in between my legs, still growling, and all of his hair sticking straight up like a feral animal. The second I closed the door, all hell breaks loose in the woods. It sounded like 50 full-grown men had broken out into a full sprint, tearing through the woods. Trees were shaking and branches falling. In my life, I have never been that scared. We got back in the house before I shit my pants, and I got my pistol and mag light to figure out what the hell was out there. When the dog and I got back outside, we were surrounded by what sounded like people mumbling. It was everywhere. I shined the light all over the woods and couldn't see anything, but the sound was coming from all around. It sounded as if you got a full gym of people to baby mumble. You could almost make out words. That's why I don't think it was an animal. I almost immediately felt sick, like I was having a mix between a panic attack and the full swing of the flu. Back inside the house, it sounded like people were walking around all night. The windows were creaking, and you could clearly hear the sound of shoes on gravel. The mumbling never stopped. Every time I got up to check the house, 
my feet would touch the floor and it would get dead silent. You couldn't hear birds, crickets, frogs, or anything. I was terrified and didn't sleep a wink. The air felt thick and evil all night. That's the only way I could explain the feeling. Imagine a soaking wet quilt being tossed over you. That's how I felt. I am looking for any answers as to what this could be. This wasn't like the normal spooky stories my grandma and great uncles used to tell me. Mm-hmm. Well, fireball in my ass, that was a great story. That sure was. <laughs> That's wow. that sounds maybe like, that's when the problems all started. That sounds like something that a guy from West Virginia would exclaim, like "fireball, fireball in my ass. ass!" That was a great story. <laughs> so, wow! What well, and that's weird. What gets me about that is it reminds me of two things. Number one, my great aunt Joan used to tell a story of um, because she had some weird stuff happen in her house. And she had a a Rottweiler named Montana. Montana was named after Joe Montana. She loved the the 49ers and thought Joe Montana was hot. So (laughs) she named her Rottweiler Montana. And this Rottweiler, she she told a story to us about how one night... Now she had um, upstairs in her house, uh, one of the old uh, kids' bedrooms, she turned into a a TV room and when it was just her like during the day that's where she would spend a lot of the day you know it it sort of became the downstairs was only really used for when she had company over she would go down and and make a meal or whatever and then come up and sit in the TV room and and eat it and um, so at night before going to bed she would close up the whole house turn all the lights off and then just sit in the TV room watching the Tonight Show every night She watched The Tonight Show. And this was back when Carson, I think, was still on. Mm -hmm. And she said the one night, and and Montana would lay on the floor. She would lay on the couch in the TV room watching the show, and then Montana would lay on the floor in front of the couch. And she said the one night, Montana got up, walked to the doorway of the TV room, and the TV room was right at the top of the, the stairs coming up, and just started growling. So Aunt Joan gets kind of worried. She thinks maybe there, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. Maybe there might be somebody down there, you know, or whatever. But she's got a Rottweiler. And this Rottweiler would protect her at all costs. She knew that, you know. So she goes to the door to ask Montana what's going on, flip on the hall light and whatever. And when she does, Montana starts walking down. Uh, she gets to the top of the stairs, still growling. And then she goes and walks the whole way down the stairs with her. And the dog is growling the entire way through the house. Never stopped, like except to take a breath and then growl. All the way through the living room, all the way back into their kitchen till they got to the basement door. And the dog is staring at the basement door, growling, you know, and, and it got a little louder as, as they were getting into that area. So she opens the door and flips on the light for her basement stairs. And the dog is staring at the bottom of the basement stairs, growling like loudly. And Aunt Joan said that she tried to, 
she she tried to coax Montana to go down into the basement, <laughs> and the dog wouldn't budge. <laughs> it just stood at the top of those basement stairs, growling incessantly. <laughs> and she that said then she's like, "Come on, don't be a baby." And she's trying. She's <laughs> saying, "I'm trying to push this dog to go down there, and it won't." Poor Montana. So she tries to get past. She's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go look. Oh, my goodness. Because now she's wondering if maybe it's an animal. Mm-hmm. Like, what would an intruder go into the basement for, you know? Mm-hmm. So now she's thinking maybe it's an animal. She tries to go past the dog to get down, to go down in the basement to have a look. And the dog, it's the only time this ever happened, the entire time she owned that dog, the dog snapped at her. To keep her back behind it. Mm-hmm. It would not let her go down in the basement on her own. But it wouldn't go. And so she said that, that completely freaked her out. So she mm-hmm. closed she closed the basement, turned the light off, closed the basement door and everything. And finally, like, once she did that, then the dog stopped. Hmm. Yeah, weirdest thing. Yeah. But the other thing that it remind, this story reminded me of was the story from uh, the Sierra Mountains that was on the one missing 411 documentary where those guys had that hunting camp up Mm -hmm. in the Sierras and they recorded that one night. They said that they were hearing uh, multiple something Mm -hmm. in the woods around them. And it started with rustling and things like that. And then one of them started making like a howling noise and one of the guys at the camp, thinking he was being a, you know, a joke or whatever, howled back. And then, all of a sudden, they started getting other noises. And then they started hearing it like the things were talking to each other in this mumbly gibberish. Yeah. That sounds yeah, exactly yeah. like what this guy, what f- fire up my ass, <laughs> fireball in my ass, <laughs> is describing. Hmm. Is that type of experience where you know they're out there's multiple in the woods and who knows maybe because uh, he doesn't really say that he looked in the uh, the workshop building he doesn't say he went in and looked around he just noticed that the door was open so what are the chances that when he closed that door one of them might have been in there yeah and so they all the, all the ones in the woods start to react and scare him back at the ho- in, into the house, and then they, you know, let their friend out, and, you know, then they react like, oh, this guy is like a threat, like he's trying to trap us in his hmm. in this building, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just, that was it was just weird the way he described yeah. that. It, it took me right back to the, that Sierra story. Now you assume fireball in my ass is a he. It could be a she. It could be. You don't know. Although I don't know that. Would, I don't know would tell me from the the feminine perspective would you choose fireball up my ass as your screen name depends <laughs> you'd need depends <laughs> if you had a fireball up your ass <laughs> well i have two little doggy stories a little a little doggy bag two of stories little glitchy doggies okay uh First one is from Iridescent Teen. Little boy and puppy aged in seconds. Oh. So I live in an apartment complex and I was walking back from picking up my package at the front office. As I was walking back about 15 to 20 yards away from me was a small white puppy 
looked kind of like a bull terrier and a little boy chasing after it. I started walking faster towards them because I was worried that the little boy was lost or something along those lines. Anyways, as I'm walking, as I'm walking, the puppy runs around a corner to where I can no longer see it and the kid chases after it. I then hear a dog crying and whimpering, so I start running, worried that the dog and maybe even child got hit by a car or injured in some way. As I turn the corner, though, it is a full-grown man and an adult-grown white dog. I was shocked. Like, WTF happened. I looked around, too, and there was no little boy or little white puppy around, just a full-grown man and a full-grown white dog. And no, they didn't just look smaller because it was from a distance. I wasn't that far at all. And it was a literal toddler child and a tiny puppy. It wasn't just a vision thing. I don't know what happened, but I'm still tripping about it. I feel like I should add in, I live in an on-campus college complex meant for freshmen. No children, no full-grown men that I know of, and the only way to have a dog is by filling out an emotional support animal form. But only one dog pet is allowed. So then there's another story from That Which Is Better. That, that, that first one, just to comment quickly... Lizard shapeshifters. Could be. Lizard people Lizard shapeshifters. People. Yep. Definite. Called it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> I swear I'm not insane, but I was walking home from high school nine years ago, and I saw something that I absolutely can't understand that freaked me out badly. I was coming to a crosswalk, and across the two-lane street, I saw a distinctive-looking girl, maybe a little older than me, wearing a white dress, and she had a cocker spaniel puppy on a leash that was just sitting on the sidewalk. I looked away while I was watching for traffic and crossed over to her side, and when I looked up, I kind of jumped because the girl in the white dress was now maybe in her late 60s, and her dog was a very old graying cocker spaniel. I don't have eyesight problems, and I seriously am certain of what I saw. I still wouldn't tell anyone I know because there's no way they would believe me. The only explanation I can feel comfortable with is maybe a hallucination, but that's never happened to me before or since. Now, that's a different poster. Different poster, yeah. Different po- lizard shapeshifters. I mean, what else could it be? Definitely. Yeah. Lizard shapeshifters. Weird. Which or of, the simulation, glitch in the matrix, I don't know. Which is a great lead-in to our Skinwalker Ranch episode, because they've seen lizard people on Skinwalker Ranch. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Well, who was uh, it? Oh, uh, here's another uh, comment from someone that says, I had something like this happen to me once. Turned out I was psychotic. <laughs> Not saying you are, but for all reading, always be wary when you start seeing or hearing strange things. I did read another one where something hey, weird was happening. Word, word, to the, word to the wise, <laughs> you might just be mentally ill. <laughs> I saw one where something was happening. I think they kept losing time or, I don't know, seeing things that weren't there. And commenters were like, yeah, you should go check. You just make carbon monoxide or go see a doctor. And then they <laughs> edited it and said, uh, update, I have a brain tumor. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, oh, God. that is a possible explanation <laughs> for some of these things, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, you might. Yeah, instead of going to Reddit, you may want to make an appointment. Yeah, that, Rule out the medical yeah, stuff. Yeah, that would, that would be our advice to anyone. Rule anyone, anyone, anyone listening. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Right, right. Look for the mundane things first. <laughs> then, if all the mundane things don't check out, if you if you've if you've done all the background homework, and nothing else checks out, then assume it's paranormal or ultra dimensional yeah. or something like that. Definitely, go get checked. Make an appointment. See if medications help. 
you know there, there's a lot of people out there I, one of one of the other uh, podcasts that we love to listen to uh, even though we are you know new uh, podcasters I, I love listening to last podcast on the left and um, one of the fellows on that show uh, Marcus Parks uh, he talks about how um, he was having hallucinations from by being bipolar you know, it's something that people don't know is that, you know, there are multiple uh, medical conditions that can cause hallucinatory effects, you know, so please research that and be aware of that before you just assume that, you know, is this a glitch in the matrix? No, you may be, you may be ill. <laughs> you may be ill. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, it's, it's, a, it's a possibility. Yeah, please get checked. Hopefully that's not the case, but. So now um, I have another one. Uh, Again, again, cryptid related. Um, And this is called Wolf Experience. And this has been uh, posted by, I I think it's supposed to stand for Texas, but it's TX Cryptids. And I thought this was interesting because this is a a story from a veteran. Uh, It was during my third deployment to Iraq. The platoon had taken up residence in two houses in a village several miles south of Haditha. One day, I heard our translator having a heated discussion with two local men. I grabbed my gear and my rifle and walked out to the road to investigate. I asked the translator what was going on. He tells me that these two men are crazy and assures me that they are not dangerous. I ask what they want, and he mumbles about them being superstitious or something along those lines. He assures me that everything is okay and my attention is not needed. It took a bit of prying, but the translator finally says that they are having a wolfman problem. But they are afraid that if they shoot at it, the local troops will be alarmed and attack their house. They tell us that this wolfman has been coming around late at night and has already killed a few sheep. And they are worried that it's going to start attacking their family. So... I assume somewhere in translation the word dog has turned into wolf and it is somehow being conveyed to me by the translator as wolfman. So I try to clarify. Do they mean a dog? The translator is a bit hesitant, almost like he's embarrassed that his countrymen are wasting everyone's time by believing in such nonsense. But they're adamant that their house is being besieged by a wolfman. Again, I ask if it's just a big dog. And no, it's a wolfman. So I ask if there are wolves in Iraq. And they are all in, in agreement that yes, there are wolves in Iraq. But there are no wolves in this part of the country. And it's not a wolf or a large dog that has been killing their sheep. It's a wolfman. Right. The translator is trying to usher them away. But at this point, I'm very intrigued. Now you got to imagine, just interject, you got to imagine... That if you're serving in a war zone and every day is horror and shooting and worrying about does that person have a bomb or this or that, when you hear two guys come up and start talking about a wolf man, it's probably a very nice break from the day to day. Sure. So he's like, I want to hear all about this wolf man thing. Absolutely. (laughs) So he says, at this point, I'm very intrigued and still a bit confused over the whole dog, wolf, wolfman thing. So I asked them to describe what they are seeing. They tell me 
that every few nights it comes around. They first see it on four legs as it skulks around their small compound, but then it stands up like a man walking on two legs. It growls and it is lunged at the men, but as they retreat, it turns its attention to the sheep. So it's like it's scaring them off just to get to the sheep. Um, their own dogs refuse to help protect human or sheep. They tell me the creature has killed a few of their sheep and that they have even found one of the bodies ripped apart with portions of it eaten away. They have been hesitant to shoot. Hang on, i got to find my, find my place again. Um, yes, uh, they've been hesitant to shoot for fear of troop involvement. The translator said that he has heard of such a creature, and even though this type of story has been spread through the area by various people, it is no more than superstitions and delusions. He assures me that there is no such thing as a wolf man. I tell the two men that they should feel free to protect themselves and their livestock, and with my interest piqued, I get the men to agree to allowing us to stop by from time to time and set up an observation post while we're out on patrol. A couple nights later... I join a night patrol and we head toward the house. We are greeted by one of the men and he gives us entry to the compound. We go up to the roof and we set out sentries to overlook a nearby bridge. About an hour later, the homeowner comes up with a panicked look on his face. He's talking really fast, excitement and concern in his voice and body language. He wants me to come with him. I tell two of the others to come with me, and we all follow the man. He leads us to the other side of the house, and we exit onto an enclosed courtyard where the sheep are being kept. The sheep are making plenty of noise, and the man is pointing to a dark corner of the yard. I strain my eyes to see what he's pointing at. Finally, I see it. A large wolf-slash-dog just standing in the corner. I asked the other two guys with me if they see it too, and they both agree that it's a wolf or a dog. It moved behind a small section uh, of the wall, and I could hear popping and cracking noises like joints or knuckles being cracked. When it stepped out from behind the wall, it was upright on two legs. It swiftly and effortlessly jumped the perimeter wall, and we could hear it running away on two feet. I conveyed to the man as best I could, if that thing ever showed up again, feel free to shoot it if he could. And if he did, to please let me know. That's right. Did you hear it? Oh my God. Oh my God. It's the wolf man. It's in the wire. It's in the wire. <laughs> Wolfman's in the wire. Get down. Bop, 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 So I thought that was pretty wild. I mean, that's... You know, I mean, it's Reddit. Anybody could post anything they want, you know. But uh, if if true, that's a veteran, you know, reporting that we saw, that they saw something. They saw something that, you know, kind of like my... <laughs> Calm oh my down, God, Lucy. It's say. just a story. They saw something that defies, you know, their logic. Like, here it was, a, a wolf or a dog. Oh, my God. A wolf, and then all of a sudden it's up on two legs and it's leaping over the wall. Um, you know, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. I, re I really like that story. Definitely. So you got anything else uh, to, to take away from the sound of, of Lucy's heavy, heavy breathing? 
I can try. Okay, so this is from Chaka Malik. Chaka Malik. <laughs> Wife, 24 female, and I, male 27, lost five hours of time instantly and were suddenly in a different room. When asking my father, said he also lost five hours when he was younger and around my age. Uh, I had just left work and was bringing home a new fondue pot. I purchased... I purchased... Do the fondue. (laughs) I purchased loads of meats to cook and show my wife how it works. We started cooking around 9 p.m., having a blast watching TV and fondueing stuff in the kitchen. (laughs) Fondueing stuff in the kitchen. That's... That's droll. (laughs) Around 10 p.m., I noticed a slight bit of smoke from the meats she cooks. Parentheses. Burns to well done. Not wanting my fire alarms to go off and possibly wake the neighbors, I turned on the kitchen air vent, moved in a floor fan, opened the door to the garage interior, and opened the sliding glass door, leaving the screen closed. From there, I suddenly woke up at 3 a.m. laying in bed. So naturally, I freaked out, turned to my wife, and she was also awake. We both looked at each other and had a little panic attack, as when I looked at the clock, it had been 10 p.m., not seconds before, when we were standing in the kitchen. Additionally, I was still wearing full work clothes, steel-toed boots and all, lying in bed, and she was still fully dressed from work as well. Normally, I take a shower and change, as she would literally try and wrestle me if I tried to touch the bed before cleaning up from work. We got out of bed, which was neatly made under us. We never make the bed. We went to go check on our pets as we feed them before bed and noticed everything was like it was five hours previously. The fondue was still cooking, pieces of meat and chicken were still out raw on the counter, the vent was on, and the floor fan still there. And even freakier was the sliding door and the door into the garage was still wide open. It honestly freaked me and her completely out. A couple of things that I have ruled out so far. Drug slash alcohol. We don't smoke or anything and she barely drinks wine. Uh, CO2 and smoke. We have several fire alarms and CO2 detector which are all in working order. A couple of days later, I was talking to my father and mentioned that something really weird had happened to us. I started with explaining that we woke up suddenly and didn't know how we got in bed. He then said, let me guess, you lost four to five hours and don't know how? I answered yes. Before I could go further, he mentioned how he had the same thing happen to him and two of his friends. He was headed home with two of his friends slash roommates. He remembers his friend asking what time it was as the car clock was broken. He said he looked at his watch and started to say, it's about 9.30, but in between 9 and 30, he was suddenly at their house on the couch. As he finished saying 30, he realized his watch now said 2.58. Then one roommate screamed, WTF, as he ran down the stairs, and the other was in the kitchen just standing and staring at the fridge. They all freaked out and noticed the front door was open. They went to close it when they realized the car was sitting outside and still running with the headlights on. The doors were locked and the keys were in it and it was in neutral. The only key to the house was on the car's key ring, too. It rightfully freaked them out, uh, freaked them all out as it was 3 a.m. as well. He ruled out alcohol and drugs for himself and his friends as they didn't drink too often and definitely didn't that night. He said he's just happy they got home somehow as they were about five miles from the house when they had the time loss. That would freak me out. Well, that's aliens. Could be. I mean, that could easily be. While like, you're fun doing stuff in the kitchen. They don't care. Aliens don't care. Aliens don't give a shit about fondue. <laughs> they should try it. They might like it. Well, maybe they learn may, something about. Maybe that's why they humans. Keep, maybe they, that's why they keep like mutilating all the cows. They're trying to trying figure to make out. Fondue. <laughs> they're trying to figure out where the milk comes from <laughs> to make the cheese. Mm. 
so that they can fondue. And then they're wondering which udder does the chocolate milk come out of. <laughs> Stupid aliens. Because <laughs> they think that they think that you need the chocolate milk to make the chocolate when you do chocolate fondue. <laughs> they're like, well, you make the cheese with the milk. You must make the chocolate with the chocolate milk. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes alien sense. We got to introduce these guys to a supermarket. <laughs> 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 They've got no concept. <laughs> Maybe that's how Fireball and his ass got his name. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens fun doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> fun right. doing butt stuff. All right. So now, so now Zorblicon, I've got the cheese on the stick. <laughs> Do I ram it up the human's butt? And is that fondue? Rub <laughs> the human with the fondue stick. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no Zegzabar. That's a fun don't. <laughs> oh, we only put the medical instruments up the human's butts. <laughs> but anyway, stories like that freak me out. Like if you just like suddenly were sitting here and then all of a sudden poop, you're in another room at a different time. Yep. And yeah. you have no idea what you did in that time period. Like, their house could have burned down, or someone could have come in through the open door, and it's scary. Well, yeah. And they can't both have brain tumors. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's classic, like, alien stuff. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, you know, Travis Walton, until he went through, you know, the hypnotic regression stuff or whatever, you know, he couldn't remember any of... He literally just... He, he was... One moment, he was staring at a UFO, you know, he had jumped out of his friend's truck and he's staring at a UFO out in the woods. And then the next thing he knows, he's waking up naked on the side of a road in another town. He's near another... Days later. Yeah, he's days later in a town miles away, mm -hmm. you know, and he's got he's got no idea, you know. He, he had to, like, see a road sign. He had to find a road sign to know where he was. Um, and luckily he knew, he knew what town was nearby so he could tell people what direction to go in, mm -hmm. you know, when he, when he finally called, you know, he had to call home, yeah. uh, or call his brother or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that sounds like classic UFO stuff to me. They ought to, they ought to start like, you know, running, <laughs> running metal detectors over their body, trying to find, the you know, the implants and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a, and I, the part of that story I find most interesting is. You know, the fact that the dad had the same thing happen, because that's yeah. another thing that sometimes you hear about in those abduction scenario yeah, stories. It runs in families. It runs in families, you know. It, it's happening to the dad, and then yep. next thing you know, it's happening to one of the kids. And that could be like a weird genetic thing, that they're like looking at genetics through multiple generations of families and stuff. Mm -hmm. If you buy into all this. Right. You know, I mean, I also think that, you know, easily... Um, people who want to discredit, you know, UFO phenomena and everything that, that, uh, some, some abduction scenario stuff could be a little bit of invention. You know, I don't know that, you know, I, I, I don't buy into the conspiracy that it's all like weird government black ops teams just going around and abducting people and wearing masks and things and like shoving probing fondue them. Shoving fondue up their butts. Yeah, shoving fondue up their butts and... <laughs> 
and all this. I, that seems, Although I wouldn't put it past that. That seems a little, a little more complex yeah. than, than what our government is. Like, we give, our, we give the government <laughs> too much credit sometimes. Yeah. If you've ever watched a congressional hearing, yeah. you'll know that the government doesn't always have their shit together as much as they like to make us think. You know, this is true. The idea that that they're running around abducting people, you know, just to make them think that there's aliens. That's a little to me far fetched. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great that's kind of a classic, a classic uh, example Mm -hmm. of that kind of phenomena. You know, Um, so I think those were some great stories. I think that this was a, a great episode to get back in the mix and. You know, get the get the get the band back together, and get the show on the road. And um, I I'm really excited for this next episode. I think it's going to be really cool to uh, to have uh, Shannon and PJ to have the Wellhouse Exorcism come yeah. come into our liminal space. What what? And uh, talk about the granddaddy of all uh, liminalities. The Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. Ranch. I think it's going to be super cool, and um, and we've got we've got thoughts for more episodes coming up. We've got we're, we want to talk about um, things that happened. Uh, I know Jenny wants to do the Cecil Hotel, you know, and the um, the is it Elisa Elisa Lamb? Yes. Uh, cover that story because I mean it could easily be just a mundane story of a girl having mental health issues. But there are some weird things that happened in that story that that um, you know we we want to talk about um, things that could easily take it more into a liminal reality type uh, space. Um, and you know we've got we I still want to eventually do episodes on doppelgangers and we want to do uh, episodes on dreams. Uh, I know Jenny's really excited. You're really excited to cover dream, yep. uh, experiences. Um, because I am, I tend to be a believer that, that dreams can be a liminal, a doorway to liminal spaces. I can dream about See, and you're doing it again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I dreamed a dream. All right. Then it's, it's, you're doing too many all at once. I'm just confusing them. <laughs> You're gonna. You're confusing the algorithm. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> so, so yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get into all this stuff. We it's sometimes it's there's so much stuff that we want to cover that we're so excited and we can't get to it all at once. But it's nice to do these Reddit episodes because we can touch on many little bits and pieces. We can we can kind of you know tap here, tap there, and you know talk about the smaller events. Um, that are tangentially related to the bigger issues, the bigger stories that we want to cover. Happen every day. Yeah. Every day. All around the world. Every day is your opportunity. Been around the world. Oh, no, honey, honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't help it. The music is in me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> but every day is an opportunity to experience liminality and to have fondue shoved up your butt and uh, you know and and sometimes it's just a fireball up your ass <laughs> fireball up the ass that was a good episode <laughs> that, 
Last run, Maul. <laughs> Listen, Linda. That's, that's better than Daddy's moonshine. <laughs> um, so anyway, we want to thank you guys for hanging in there with us. We went through a, a tough time period. Um, we 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 haven't been super detailed about it, you know, but we, we lost... Yeah, we say it. We we lost we lost Jenny's mom, and uh, loser. (laughs) I mean, she died. True. (laughs) We know where she is. She she didn't. She didn't disappear. Um, But uh, yeah, zero stars do not recommend that sort of thing happening to you. So yeah, so it was a rough. It was a rough time. It was a rough couple weeks. And so, um, you know, last, last week, uh, you know, it was still an extension of that, but we, you know, we, it, the stars didn't line up, so we didn't do the Skinwalker Ranch episode. Um, but I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about, you know, other side, you know, uh, when we covered near death experiences, when we talked to psychic mediums and everything, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, in some ways, I know for me, uh, believing in the things that I believe in, uh, wanting to investigate these experience, these experiences that people have, um, it, it does bring me some kind of solace. I, I don't know exactly how the universe works. Um, I don't know exactly how, you know, uh, the movement across death works, um, but I mean, I've I've heard enough, and I've seen enough, and I I know enough people who have had these experiences that uh, it makes me believe that there's there's something uh, out there. There's something across that threshold, across that doorway, and it makes me feel better about those things when these things happen in in our lives. Definitely, I have nothing happened to me. At all, that's weird or unusual or paranormal. So if any of you all listening have any messages for me or anything, (laughs) shoot me a line. I'm looking at you, Ethan Kay. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'd love to hear from the other side, especially now. And and if anyone has uh, any any stories, you know, because a big part of of, uh, what we feel um, has been a a big part of, of grieving is sharing sharing your stories sharing the things that happen the things that you think about um uh sharing and and sharing when when things happen that maybe you don't understand and they and they coincide with the death of a loved one um you know those those we want to hear about those experiences too um so please uh if you have anything like that if you if you have just uh, something that happened that scared you, made you feel better. It doesn't always have to be, you know, creepy stuff. Uh, it could be something that occurred that made you feel good about um, about the death event. You know, in the wake of that person's death, something that kind of gave you hope or brought you out of uh, the depression or made the grieving feel lighter. We want to hear those good stories, too. We, it doesn't all need to be creepy, spooky stuff. So please, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we're on, we have our Gmail, uh, liminalunlimited at gmail.com. 
Um, You can reach us on our Facebook page, the Liminal Unlimited podcast page on Facebook. And we have our Twitter, the Liminal Unlimited Twitter account, at Limin Unlimipod. Um, and, and, you know, share those stories, um, share, share some hope, you know, if it's a story that makes people feel hopeful, um, we want to do all of that. So as always, we thank you so much for, for listening. Um, we, we thank you for kind of providing us with an outlet for all these feelings and thoughts and ideas and, um, and, and we're just very grateful for anyone that listens. Absolutely. And, yeah. Like us, review us, share us with your friends. Thank you for your support. And, Appreciate it. And we will see you on the other side. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.